what I want to talk about today, how to make this new work world, this new hybrid work environment um, yeah, more successful for you, for your company, um, no matter if you are an employer or an employee, we'll have a look at the, yeah, we will have a look at the topic from different angles. As always, feel free to use the chat function to ask any questions that you might have. So, um, yeah, what I want to talk about today, um, or the reason why I want to talk about the topic hybrid work or how it can be an accelerator for your digital transformation is, um, yeah, for the one hand, of course, over the last years, a lot of uh, yeah, circumstances changed on the one hand, but on the other hand, um, I still see a lot of mistakes being made uh, whenever I talk um, yeah, to people in the field. So therefore, I want to share yeah, some of the insights, some of the thoughts that I have today with you. So, um, yeah, I think the overarching question is a little bit how to make the new work work, meaning, um, yeah, how to deal with the ever-changing um, requirements, um, maybe COVID um, rules. Um, right now we have summer in the, or spring, summer in the Northern Hemisphere, therefore um, a lot of the cases are um, going down, therefore a lot of countries, um, yeah, have eased a lot of the restrictions, um, some countries brought them back. So therefore, um, I think we need to be aware that this kind of uncertainty and this kind of situation will stay for some time with us, maybe forever. Um, I personally don't think that we will go back to normal or that we will go back to a 2019 environment that um, yeah, just won't happen. So therefore, let's talk a little bit about what you can do, what you shouldn't do um, to make sure you yeah, survive on the one hand and make the best out of the situation on the other hand. So what I want to talk about, um, about you know, four main areas. Um, I want to talk about doctrine, about company doctrine. Um, I want to talk about productivity, what that means and um, why it's so important and why it's often used completely wrong from my perspective. I want to talk about onboarding and I want to talk about compensation. So these are the four main areas I think you should also to focus on um, Yeah, if you want to affect your situation, your company, your work situation positively and yeah, get to the most out of your team. So let's talk about company doctrine and um, yeah you probably know the word doctrine more in a military context and um, yeah that's absolutely true that's where it's coming from and I yeah use that word on purpose meaning um, doctrine describes kind of the overarching strategy or idea or um, yeah understanding of um, yeah, of a team, of a group, or of a military, of an army, um, meaning the overarching strategy and the overarching um, or underlying principles, if you want to. And um, yeah, I want to use two German words that uh, you might heard of, maybe never heard of. Um, 
from the military realm, um, meaning Befehlstaktik versus um, Auftragstaktik. And if you don't speak German, that's what it means um, roughly translated order command versus mission command. What do I mean by that? Um, as I said, it has a military background because, um, yeah, basically till the, yeah, let's say first world war, um, there was a pretty simple leadership structure and basically all militaries um, over the world, all modern armies all over the world, meaning you have the officers and they give very strict detailed orders to their um, yeah, frontline people or foot soldiers, and then they executed the orders. There was very little room for decision-making um, on the on the soldier level. All the strategy, all the decision-making was done by on a, yeah, on a higher echelon. And then, um, yeah, at some point in time, um, the, the German army, probably in the Second World War, um, yeah, kind of changed that doctrine or developed a new doctrine, at least at that time, um, again, what was then called kind of Auftragstaktik or um, what we today call mission command or mission type command, meaning um, the soldier or the executing personnel didn't get um, yeah, a strict order what to do, but rather what the goal of the mission was and why. And um, then they come up with their own plan, their own execution, because the underlying idea is that the frontline troops know the situation best and can make the best decisions, have the best information um, because they get direct feedback. Um, compared to yeah, some officers way behind the lines um, yeah, who is so distant from the actual yeah, fighting or decision-making in that um, context. So again, on the one hand, we have what we could call order command, meaning um, yeah, the boss or the leader or whoever gives just a strict order, what to do, when to do, how to do it. So very little room for interpretation and also very little room for decision-making or yeah, um, how would you say that? Individual execution, okay? And um, then the second type, mission command, meaning we have a goal, we have a mission that we want to achieve, we have a business goal that we want to achieve, and um, yeah, we brief the team, and then they execute and they um, fulfill the mission on their own and make the decisions um, necessary to adapt to the situation in the field. And um, yeah, we can see these two kind of doctrines um, literally unfolding in real time right now, especially when we look at the Ukraine-Russia conflict. Um, yeah, because Ukraine, it looks like, gives their soldiers a high amount of autonomy in their execution. It's more a guerrilla type uh, warfare, meaning everybody is acting very independently to achieve the overarching goal on the one side and on the other side, um, yeah, the Russian army, which has this very old school type of um, yeah, leadership where the officers or the generals give very strict um, orders that the soldiers have to follow and the soldiers themselves have, have very little autonomy and very little decision-making power. That's, for example, one of the reasons um, yeah, why you see so much um, news about dead Russian generals, because yeah, if you have to be so close to the front line to control and micromanage your troops all the time, then um, yeah, 
you might get hit by something. And if we're talking about a war situation, then that can be deadly. Fortunately, I hope everybody listening and watching um, isn't in a situation like that, but more in business. But I think we can translate a lot of these different leadership styles into business. And that's one of the yeah, first things that I want to share with you or to yeah, encourage you to do. Trust the team with the execution. Meaning, think about how you lead right now or how you work with your team right now. Are you micromanaging everything and uh, yeah, tell them every little step they have to do? Or do you give them um, the goal, the mission, tell them what you want to achieve from a business perspective and then give them a realistic amount of autonomy and decision-making power to actually achieve that goal and trust them that then that they have the best information because they are actually the people that yeah work with the customers every day or produce the product every day or fulfill the service every day or whatever it might be and especially when we're talking about the hybrid work context meaning um yeah where people working uh, remotely where you maybe have people working from home office maybe you know so half of your team is working another time zone or maybe on another continent um, then you just have to do it like that because everything else just ends in chaos and micromanaging. So I think from a maybe mindset or leadership approach here, you should again focus more on a mission command than an order command and yeah, trust your team with the execution. Topic number two, I want to talk about productivity. Because um, yeah, productivity is a word that is often um, used in today's business HR context world, um, however you want to call it. And I think um, often in a yeah, wrong context, or it's often focusing on the wrong things. Um, what do I mean by that? Um, when we talk about productivity, you have to be aware that we're talking about an output focused metric here. Meaning the word product or producing is literally in the in the word. I'm again not a native English speaker, but I would highly suggest that uh, yeah, is kind of the root of the word, meaning to produce something and that in a most efficient way or in a better way or in a good way. That's that's productivity. And therefore, um, yeah. However, you measure the output or what kind of output um, you measure in your business can be different. You have to define that for yourself. But um, whenever we talk about productivity or increasing productivity, I think we need to be very clear that we talk about increasing the output. And um, often when I talk with yeah, decision makers or, or people in the, in the field, um, I often get the impression a lot of people think, yay, we have more hours worked or we have a new software implemented and now we have more hours tracked. And um, yeah, now we think we are more productive. And um, yeah, just to remind you, more hours tracked or more hours worked is not the goal here and has nothing to do with productivity. That just means your people are busy or that you are busy. Again, nothing wrong with um, yeah, tracking certain metrics and collecting data to make then better decisions um, in the future. But again, you need to make sure that you actually focus 
on the right things and uh, yeah, on the right data and on, on the right metrics. Um, otherwise, you will make the wrong decisions and think maybe, well, I improve that metric, hours worked in that case maybe, but you don't improve the business outcome, which is maybe yeah, higher profitability, um, cash in the bank, however you want to call it. And uh, yeah, you improve the one metric, but that doesn't affect the other one. So you always need to yeah, kind of make sure that the numbers or the data that you're focusing on actually tracking the right thing. And if you want to increase productivity or want to improve productivity, of course, probably you need to track how much hours people work on a certain project or whatever. But again, the important part here is that you need to measure the outputs and not the inputs. So I should to focus on the outputs and not the inputs. That's wrong here. You should measure both, but um, you should focus on the results and to improve the results and not necessarily um, yeah, just make sure that your people are busy. That paying people by the hour is um, therefore a completely other problem is yeah, a topic for another debate or another time. But um, if we keep it here, make sure again, especially when we're talking about a remote team, that you measure the outputs or focus on the results and not so much um, yeah, on the inputs or how many hours people actually worked on the, on the project. Onboarding, number three um, of the things that I think are super important if you want to yeah, survive and thrive in this kind of new environment um, is the whole onboarding process training process um, yeah, from start to the beginning, um, meaning it doesn't really end um, also ongoing training. I would also kind of yeah, put that into that area. And um, what I think is super important that you have uh, at least somehow standardized onboarding process. Even if you are yeah, a small organization, maybe you're under 10 people, um, make sure you have some form of standard um, where you know, okay, no matter who I'm hiring, um, the person has to go through that stuff that can be really boring administrative uh, stuff, um, but also how you then actually do the work um, in your company, in your organization. Um, make sure that you take or that you automate maybe as much as possible where you know that's repeating um, nonetheless or information that you need. Um, anyway, um, make sure that you yeah, reduce the amount of frustration um, as much as you can. And then the second part, um, be aware that it takes around five to eight months for a new employee to reach full productivity levels, meaning till everybody or not everybody, but till the new person know how everything is working, um, what to do, what don't to do, to talk to who, when to do what, and all the things, you know, how it's going on in, in your organization. Um, so that's the average five to eight months for a new employee. And um, just to give you an idea, let's say you could get from six, let's say you are a little bit better than the average, to three months you could cut that time down however you want to do that. Maybe instead of knowing that yeah, your um, newly hires have to search all the information by themselves, you maybe can collect the yeah, frequently asked questions, however you want to present them in a folder, in a video lesson, 
um, or in a shared uh, Google Drive document. There are enough options to do that. Um, but just think about if you could accelerate that process, how much money would that actually be? Just think about you know, how much money you pay your people. Think about how productive they usually are when they start, how productive they usually are after six months, after 12 months. And then think about, okay, how much higher output or how, how much money would you save or however you want to measure it, how much would you actually improve from a financial standpoint, let alone that your people, your employees um, are happier, are more productive, work there better, um, you know, are probably more loyal to you because they feel appreciated uh, and whatnot. A lot of secondary effects, but if we limit it completely coldly to money, um, I think a lot of people underestimate um, the return that they can generate here. And then last but not least, let's talk about compensation. Yeah, a lot of uh, companies talk about, um, I don't know, fruit bowls and that they are having a nice company, uh, whatever, mission or purpose or feeling or everybody likes each other. And um, yeah, then they pay their people next to nothing. So um, I think the, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but in my eyes, the highest form of appreciation of an employee is you know, to pay them accordingly or to pay them fair. And um, more often than not, um, I have the impression that you know employees try to cut corners here. And of course, you shouldn't um, overpay um your employees because again that um, will, would also demotivate um people if they see that yeah people that don't do the work um get paid an unfairly high amount of money but um be aware that people work for you to get paid money that's that's the reason not because they like your company or they like you or any other reasons that might be the second third or whatever reason down the line but people work to get paid to be able to pay their bills that's the main reason of course there are other factors um, everybody wants to work with people that they like in a nice work environment um, that's not don't want to debate that that's absolutely true but again main reason is money and i found it funny how often uh, yeah, people don't want to talk about money or when they put up an ad for a position, um, there's no talk about the salary, just like competitive salary, yeah, and just write it there. Competitive can mean anything and nobody really cares about your table tennis and uh, whatever, PlayStation 5. Just pay me nicely, then I can buy my own PlayStation or my own table kicker or football or whatever. Um, yeah, I hope I'm not too direct here. Um, but top talent wants top dollar. And I think especially in today's environment where basically um, everybody that is highly qualified and um, searched for or in demand in that market um, can work for every company on the globe, basically, um, especially with COVID. Um, yeah, remote work is kind of normalized now. And therefore, um, yeah, if you can pay globally competitive rates, um, then 
the talent just goes to your competition. And again, it doesn't really matter nowadays, um, of course, for certain jobs where you really have to be in a physical location. And when we talk about the Caribbean, that's still um, the major part um, of the jobs there. And you literally have to be in a physical location and then you yeah, have local salaries. But as soon as we get a little bit more into knowledge work or people, yeah, get paid for working with their with their brain and not so much with their physical body and then muscle power, um, then we are very quickly in a very competitive market. And if you want to succeed there, then um, yeah, you have to pay top dollar for top talent. That's just how it is. So don't complain if you don't get the right talent, if you're not willing to pay the right a lot of money. All right, let's recap and yeah, try to summarize a little bit. Yeah, number one, trust your team. I think um, yeah, over the next years, especially companies with a great leadership approach um, who train their people right, um, the trust that team with the execution to yeah, listen to the feedback uh, of the team, of the people at the front lines who actually do the work and yeah, have contact with the clients or customers and produce the products and deliver the services. Um, if you don't trust them, why do you hire them? Why do you work with them in the first place? Of course, that doesn't mean you need to give them access to your bank accounts and whatnot in a realistic manner here. but. Again, trust your team. And then focus on results. I often hear, yeah, Simon, but I can't control my people when they are not in the office. And uh, how can I actually then control that they work? And uh, I have to bring them back in the office. I think a lot of companies now, when yeah, COVID kind of gets a little bit more endemic, um, follow that and want that um, a lot of the employees get back into the office. And my thought is always look at the results you look you see what your employees are producing however again you measure that and whatever the task or the output um, of your employees and if the employee or your team member uh, fulfills that and achieves the goal delivers on time with the right quality who cares how much hours they actually worked on it or if they were sitting in the office or sitting um, at home and worked from there or whatever kind of uh, hybrid situation um, we have in, in your situation. I think, again, focusing on results and uh, yeah, getting rid of a lot of these old school ways of thinking is super important. Step number three, um, onboard or yeah, invest in your people. Again, you spend a lot of time yeah, selecting or you spend a lot of time with the hiring process. Um, now you should also yeah, invest time and money uh, in the onboarding process and then yeah, after the onboarding and the ongoing training um, and so on. And um, yeah, I think companies that are successful um, almost always are also very famous um, or at least known in the industry because yeah, they have very highly qualified or highly educated um, team. And again, when you want to kind of implement that, um, yeah, that leadership approach of kind of yeah, mission command type where you give your team a certain amount of autonomy, then it's important that they have the right training, that they have the right uh, education, that they are highly skilled 
and what they are doing to actually yeah can make be able to actually be able to make decisions on their own. <clears throat> and again, last but not least, reward performance and therefore compensate accordingly. However you want to measure performance or results in your company, in your situation, or maybe if you're the employee and um, yeah, you want to suggest something to your employer or some improvements here, um, think about how could you measure that? What are the results? What is the output, um, the business, um, yeah, business output, business results that you deliver that can actually be measured instead of hours worked? Again, um, I think that's one of the worst metrics that you can use. I can still remember when I, um, yeah, when I was a kid, I sometimes, uh, how do you say that? Cut the lawn for, for family or, or, or neighbors or whatnot. And um, yeah, usually I got paid per lawn, meaning that lawn was that and that big, and then you get X amount of money um, after you finished it. It wouldn't have made sense to me, and it didn't make sense to me as a child, when the neighbor would have said to me, well, Simon, if you take one hour to cut the lawn, to mow the lawn, I pay you $10. But if you take eight hours the whole day, I pay you 80 That wouldn't have made sense to me to yeah, be rewarded for inefficiency or laziness or whatever, or to annoy the neighbor the whole day with yeah, the noise of, of cutting the lawn instead of keeping it as short as possible. Or at the end of the day, the neighbor didn't really care how long I took as long as I did it. Um, yeah, fast enough, meaning it one day ends in a certain amount of quality. So what I want to tell you with that, again, focus on output, focus on results, focus on created value, reward performance, and therefore then compensate accordingly. All right, I hope that was helpful. Thanks for watching so far. Um, I would like to hear some of your thoughts or your situations that you observed, that you experienced, um, where you think, yeah, that's typical and that should be improved. That's a typical problem that you see in your field. And um, yeah, maybe you also disagree with some things that I said. Let me know what you think. Um, yeah, if you made it till this point, I would really appreciate a like. And if you haven't done so as yet, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have, aren't connected on LinkedIn, feel free to reach out there and connect there. And that being said, thanks for taking the time out of your day. Thanks for watching and I hope to see you next time. Ciao.